get to tell you things um, like that. Um, so today Matt and I are going to finish um, a series that we've been doing called The Anatomy of Faith. And um, we're going to look at a couple of verses in Hebrews that will help us see ways that we can continue to fight the good fight of faith. So um, the passage we're reading from, it gives us three ways to do this. Um, through looking back, looking up and looking forward. Um, sometimes, I don't know if you're like me, sometimes I find myself, I have um, big faith. You know, the faith that doesn't waver, that you can stand and believe. But then there's often times that I also find myself having really small faith. You know, the sort of faith that comes with a side of worry and a bit of fear, but you <laughs> continue to do it. Um, the good thing I've been learning about faith is that... Um, the amount of faith that we have actually doesn't change the outcome. God can work with faith the size of a mustard seed and make impossible things happen. Um, but the main difference is it's how, how we journey through that. So the bigger your faith is the more, um, the more that you hand back to God and let him carry for you. So, um, so by not carrying it, the weight of and the stress and all of those things that are heavy, we give those back to God and it becomes lighter. So the bigger your faith and the more you trust God, the actually the easier it is to walk, walk life. Um, so I'm going to read a verse um, to you from Hebrews 11.39 and this is through the lens of um, looking back. So it says, All these people earned a good reputation because of their faith, yet none of them received all that God had promised. For God had something better in mind for us so that they would not reach perfection without us. Therefore, when we are, since we are surrounded by a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin so that easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. So looking back, I thought I might look back on someone in my life that has been a great representation of living a life of faith and then I'll look at one from the Bible that has um, touched me. So um, two of the greatest role models in my life have been my parents. Um, raised in a Christian family but before my sister and I were born um, my mum had a number of miscarriages and a stillborn daughter. Um, they never lost their faith through that time, they continued to pray and then God blessed them with two beautiful girls. <laughs> um, and then when we were toddlers, I think I was not even two, um, my mum was diagnosed with stage four lymphatic cancer and it was terminal. They told my dad he would be raising those beautiful girls on his own. But yet again, they stayed in faith for healing and miraculously, after some treatment, my mum had a scan um, where she had a tumour the size of a football. Um, they came and they said, look, I'm really sorry, we've given you... We've, We've mixed up the scans. There's, there's nothing there. So they did another scan and nothing. <laughs> the doctors were shocked and my mum is still cancer-free to this day. So that, would, that was a big moment for them, I would imagine. But then 14 years later, I mean 14 years ago, I lost my dad to cancer. So some of mum and dad's prayers were answered, some weren't. But it was their continuing to live in faith that is what, something that I hold on to. Um, I'm sure at some stages they had that little faith, that faith that they said, we believe you, God, but here's our doubts, here's our worries, here's our fear coming along with it. 
Um, a faithful person in the Bible that I look to is um, David. Um, it was by faith in the power of God that he had the confidence to pick up the stones and defeat Goliath and that was the way he, he lived his life. But he remains secure in the truth that no matter what happens, God's timing and love is perfect. Um, we know that God's, when we know God's character, it allows us to rest when things get hard and keep going even when it looks like there's no way out. It's knowing who, we, who it is we are putting our trust in is the key. Um, I also really love that we get insight into David's thinking throughout his writing in the Psalms. Um, we see his melancholic side and some of the Psalms that he writes are exactly how I often feel. Um, but I love how he keeps realigning himself with God. He doesn't stay there. He, he expresses his fears and his sadnesses, and he, but he never lets them rule for very long. He always knows where to take the pieces of his brokenness and when to let them go. It's, um, it's not that we don't have all of the fears and the doubts throughout our life. Of course we do. We all do. But it's that we don't let them rule our decision-making. We can express them but still be in faith. And God's totally good with that. He actually wants us to be honest with him. Um, there's a psalm that I love in 34, 18, and it says... The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. He wants us to be real. Tell him our fearings, share who we are, and let him take all the burdens from us. Um, Back to the original verse, it says, Let's strip off every weight that slows us down, So, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. Um, life is designed with grit and determination, to be lived with grit and determination. It's not meant to be easy. Um, but faith is what helps us reduce the weight of living. And um, we give all God our fear and our disappointment and our imperfections. It's about believing that he's bigger than all those things. So we hand it over and we trust from his eternal perspective that, um, that he'll make good on all those promises. Um, one of the weights that I personally struggle with is negative self-talk. Um, I've struggled with it for years and it's been so heavy at times that I haven't had faith. I've only had faith to last just the day. Um, the reason I know it's such a heavy weight is that the evidence shows me that it slows me down. Um, it makes me unfairly judge myself and that causes me to step back. And when I'm stepping back, I'm not, I'm not moving into what I'm supposed to be doing. But the last few years I've deliberately been working on this and choosing to believe what God says and not what, he, not what my voice is saying in my head. So this is how I um, move into the purpose that he has for me. Um, so it talks, about in, it talks about life being a race. And, um, and in 1 Timothy it's also called a fight. So... I don't know about you, but I'm not a very competitive, a race, a race and a fight. It's not something I do on a daily basis. So I had a look into it and I actually got a Greek word and I was so proud of myself finding a Greek word. That makes me feel smart. <laughs> but the Greek word for race or fight is the word agona, which is actually the same base word for the word agony or agonise. Um, and it means good struggle. 
which I think is actually pretty accurate of what life, life is. So um, there's a verse um, that tells us, so the verse tells us to run with endurance or perseverance. Um, it says in Romans 5 that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character and character hope. God wants us to run with perseverance because this is what actually builds us in character and hope. So, um, and with this hope, we can have confident expectation of what God has promised and his strength in, in his faithfulness. We need to endure the struggle and the suffering to receive the hope. So next time you're wondering why life is so hard, remember that it's got part of the process. It's part of God's plan. Um, in order to run the race with perseverance, we actually need a plan because being passive never wins a race. I've never actually seen anyone accidentally win a marathon or accidentally win a 100-metre sprint. There's intention, there's purpose, there's planning and there's a lot of hard work. Um, we also need determination and focus. We need to eliminate the distractions that slow us down and sometimes this is even dealing with sin. Sin can be the biggest weight and sometimes as much as hard as it is, I think sometimes working through sin, when, you, when, when you're sinning, it's actually quite easy and it's comfortable. But dealing with your weaknesses and getting them out in the open, that's really tough. But it's the, actually the thing that helps us move forward. Um, so if we view life as um, not just as a race but as a fight, there's one other thing that we will need and that is protection or armour. Um, I won't read it out but in Ephesians 6, it, the, it, you can read all of what God has provided us in armour. Um, in finishing, remember that this race isn't going to be easy and living a life of faith is a daily choice. The key to building your faith is knowing the character of God. Get in your Bibles, read about him, learn who he is, and you'll find yourself being able to hand things over. So in turn, this will help you to trust him in your daily life. Give him the weights that drag you down. What things make you heavy? What things slow you down? Is it the thoughts in your head? Is it the people around you? Is it... Pray, actually, pray to the Holy Spirit and ask him to reveal those weights to you. And then finally, take up that armour, put it on and go for it. Um, that's it. Thanks, um, everyone. And thanks, Matt. How good is Jill Milton? Jill is just one of those rare people you find only in church, where they, you know, love God, love the church, use their gifts, their talents for the betterment of um, his presence here. And, um, yeah, thanks, Jill. That was great. Um, the series on the anatomy of faith has been really, it's been a great series. And um, if you haven't, heard or seen all the messages, I would just encourage you to go back and listen to the words that were brought by Jacques, Mark McLennan, Roz, Dan and Fraser previously as we've worked our way through Hebrews 11. Um, as always, I'm always honoured to be on this platform and I was actually just reminded a couple of weeks ago how 
Ros and Mark have just stuck with me over the years. I've had to discipline me at times for my youthful, stupid ways, but like a piece of gum stuck at the bottom of your shoe, <laughs> I'm still here. <laughs> and that's really my anatomy of faith story is I'm just still here. <laughs> just like you're here this morning, and I just pray that despite what's happening in your world, what, what's going on, um, my prayer is that you be encouraged and uplifted in your faith this morning. And um, you keep fighting that good fight and running the race that's set before you. Um, I've got a couple of points to finish up this series on. The first one we're going to have a look at is the journey of faith when you look up to him. And um, we're going to read some scriptures from Matthew 14, verse 26 to 30. It's very well known and it says this. It's the story of when Peter walked on water. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. When was the last time you did something that scares you? It was about 10 days ago for me in Victor Harbour. I took these kids on this stupid carnival ride. And it was one of those ones which just flings you around. And at the start of it, I thought, this will be okay. And then I called my wife and I said, Sarah, come and have a look. We've got the kids on this ride. And she looked and her, she said two words and looked at me and she went, oh, no. It's one of those mum looks. And it was only at that point I realised this is a really bad idea and I was afraid. And for the next five minutes it was horrible. <clears throat> but the thing about this story in, in the boat and the wind and the waves, the disciples were actually where Jesus had set them. He'd put them in that boat and said, go to the other side. And when they saw him they were terrified and they were afraid. So my point is this, in your faith journey things may not Always be smooth sailing, pardon the pun. But <laughs> you may not always feel peace. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't step out. It doesn't mean that you don't go on the faith journey that God has put before you. So here's a thought. How do you know when you're living by faith? You keep doing the things that God has told you to do, even though at times you're absolutely terrified and afraid. We had a saying when I was younger, it just was pretty simple. Whenever we decided to do something as kids, we would weigh it up with two criteria. One, is it worth getting a belt for? And two, was fear holding us back? So we always went, do it, don't let fear hold you back. But as we grow up, we get more responsibility. We have work, we have careers, we schedule our lives, we have budgets, we um, budget our time, our finances. And sometimes we're just so regimented in responsibility and safety that there actually becomes no room for us to actually require faith in our life. We've become so risk-adverse and politically correct that often we're unwilling to step out onto the water that God has us to call, called us to walk on. When you're in faith, you say things that just don't make sense. We read in verse 28, Peter said, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come on the water. Why would you do that? <laughs> it was already windy. The oceans were high. He was in a perfectly good boat. 
But that's what you do when you have faith. It doesn't always make sense to leave a perfectly good boat when all is rough and around. But sometimes we need to understand that peace and harmony isn't always our God, our guide, but God's presence is. And when he saw the wind, it said he was afraid and he began to sink and he cried out, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, why did you doubt? And they climbed into the boat and the wind died down. Peter tried and yes, to some extent he failed. But Jesus was right there. And not being able to handle what you're doing, I don't believe is a sign that you shouldn't be doing it. It's just a sign you shouldn't be doing it without God. In uh, Psalm 37, verse 23 to 24, it says, you know, pretty much the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and though he falls and stumbles, the Lord will uphold him with his hand. And one of the things in my faith journey when looking up is that I've often fallen, I've stumbled, I've made bigger mistakes than most, I'd say, but the Lord upholds me with his hand. And I think at the end of this story for the disciples in the boat as Peter and Jesus climb in, and the setting was it was around about dawn. And as soon as they got into the boat, the winds and the seas died down. And it just gives me that picture of Lake Macquarie on a beautiful dawn morning when it's glassy and still. And you know that there is enough grace for today. You know that God's mercies are new. Every morning as you just look up to him and continue on your faith journey. My second point, if I can ever get this sheet to move... We should have bought a book because <laughs> I'm getting old. Sarah bought me this Bible and I haven't read it. Not because I don't like the Bible, the font's too small. There we go. Managed to do that without swearing. There we go. <laughs> looking forward to joy. An example of looking forward to joy in our faith journey and seeing that I love is when Jesus, uh, sorry, not Jesus, Joseph reveals himself to his brothers. In Genesis 45, verse 7 and 8, it says this, God has sent me ahead of you to keep you and your families alive and to preserve many survivors. So it was God who sent me here, not you. What an amazing perspective of faith that Joseph had. He had been sold into slavery, had been falsely accused, he'd been in prison for years, forgotten about. And he had this thought that it was God that sent him there. So here's my thought for you today. What's happening in your life that can only be God preparing you and shaping you for your future joy? When I was 17, and I've spoken on it before, my world fell apart and I lost my trust and faith in God and church. But I didn't know it then, but God was actually taking me on a new journey to rediscover him and the world and, and a new world of, of who he was that would bring me to a place of joy and fast forward 27 years, my faith has been restored in God and the church and I see the church's flaws, its ups and downs, but I love her. I can appreciate her beauty and her vulnerability in a world that doesn't understand the church or us, the people in it. You know, I've seen what the enemy has tried to take from me all those years ago, but I'm able to get that Joseph perspective now that it was God's plan to save me. It was God's plan to save me from a life that didn't have compassion for the addict, the lost, the broken, or those who needed him most. The enemy comes to steal, kill and destroy, but I've come to give life. So what in your world has the enemy come to steal, kill and destroy? At times he's tried to steal my joy, 
kill my faith, destroy my marriage. But God has used all of that for good and to be a testimony for others. So despite all of that, I believe this, our God is faithful, our God is good. And he hasn't finished with me and he hasn't finished with you yet. So what do you need in your world so you can get a Joseph perspective on what's happening to you? I think our greatest example of looking forward to joy is Jesus. And in the final scriptures of that we have in the Anatomy of Faith series in Hebrews 12, chapter 12, verse 2 and 3, it says, For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who enjoyed such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. In the lead up to Easter, I've been reflecting on my life as a Christian and I started downloading some old B.J. Thomas songs. Surely people in the, in the 8 a.m., you'd know the B.J. Thomas ones. You know. yeah. And um, it was when songwriters really knew how to write songs. But that was my reflective point and my poor kids had to listen to that over Easter. Um, but I think of Jesus in the garden and he just wanted his friends to be there for him and continue to pray and battle with him. As, he, as all the things that was going on in his head and he returned to the disciples and he found them sleeping. And he said, Simon, why are you asleep? Couldn't you just watch for an hour? When just a few hours before, Peter was like, Lord, I'm ready to go to prison and to death for you. And he couldn't stay awake for an hour. I think sometimes with... A faith journey is that God's not looking for the big grand gesture or the big faith statement. He just wants our faith. How much do we need? Jill kind of said it earlier. You can have the faith as small as a mustard seed. You don't need heaps, you don't need more, you just need the faith the size of a mustard seed and resolve. As I wrap up, um, another perspective I've seen is in Isaiah 50. Verse 6 and 7 where it talks about Jesus, I offered my back to those who beat me, my cheeks to those who pulled out my beard. I did not hide my face from mocking and spitting because the sovereign Lord helps me. I will not be disgraced. Therefore, I've set my face like flint and know I will not be put to shame. Sometimes in my faith journey of looking forward to joy, I've had to set my face like flint. I've had to get some resolve to be prepared to keep holding on even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Even though at times, you know, the oceans rise and thunders roar. I'll soar with you above the storm because, Father, you are king over the floods. And we can be still and know that he's God. Sometimes I look up and I see Jesus holding his hand like he did to Peter in the ocean. Other times I see Jesus gathering me in his arms like he did for the children, to show them that they just can come to him with a simple faith and he will bless them and teach them what they need. Other times throughout my life I've just looked up and I've seen Jesus, my saviour on a cross, bleeding, beaten, bruised for my sins, whipped so that by his stripes I'm healed for the joy set before him. He endured that cross so that I, you, could be in relationship with him. As we finish this morning, there's just some people that um, 
want to pray for as we finish off this series of the anatomy of faith. And some of you, it might be that you haven't even started your faith journey yet. You don't even know the Jesus that I'm talking about. Can I take the opportunity now to introduce you to my Lord and Jesus? He came to earth for one purpose and one alone. It's to bring you back to the Father and to save you and I. Just as, if you don't mind, just close your eyes and bow your heads. And as we give the Holy Spirit time to move, and for those watching online, this might be an opportunity for you too. That you want to start that faith journey, that relationship with God. Maybe it's you today that you know that your, your journey with God has actually waned and you know you're not right. We just want to give you that opportunity to get back on that right path, back into a relationship with God again. I'm not going to prolong it, but if that's you today and you want to be a Christian, you can come and see me afterwards. If you're online, make sure you, you get in contact with us. It's a real easy step. I'm going to just include you in a prayer. Father, this morning we just pray for people who are making that decision to follow you, to say, Jesus, I need you in my life. Then I need to start this journey with you, knowing that I'm forgiven, my sins are forgotten, God, and I can start again and afresh with you leading the way and you as my Lord and Saviour. Make yourself known to us if you said that prayer or prayed along with that. The other group of people I'd like to pray for today are the ones who have grown weary or lost heart. In the last part of the verse, it says in Hebrews 12.3, it says that Jesus endured the cross, the scorn, the opposition, so that you would not grow weary or lose heart. As as Jill preached earlier, ours is a fight and a race to complete. And it's a struggle. And if you know that you're tired or you need to get back on your faith journey, let me pray for you today as we finish up. I love the words to the chorus, Oceans, that we sang a few years ago. It says, Spirit, lead me where my trust is without borders. Let me walk upon the waters. Wherever you call me, Take me deeper than my feet could ever wander and my faith will be made stronger in the presence of my Saviour. Can I just pray for you all one more time? Father, I thank you for faith. I thank you for those who are faithful and been doing the journey. I pray today that you continue to strengthen them as they look to you to continue the race, to continue the good fight. So Lord, we pray for resolve for those who are going through hardship and weakness, for those believing in miracles of healing from sickness and for those who are needing your divine intervention, Father, for messed up situations. Father, we pray for mums and dads looking for prodigals to come home. God, whatever the faith journey, whatever we need, we place in your mighty hand in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, church. Thanks, Paul. Thank 